Hello, hello. And welcome back to another episode of the Dimitra Gray Show. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying out (laughs) different intro. We're trying out new ways of introducing us together. So, you know, vote on the ones you love the most. Keeping you on your toes. You never know what you're going to get off these intros. Um, one time we said that this was going to be like an improv intro. One time recently, Jordan and I played an improv game where we sat on the couch and we both, we told a story like one word at a, one time. Word at a time. Was it just one word? Yes. Yeah. One word at a time. And we went back and forth and I highly recommend it. Uh, it's a very fun game to play and it brings a lot of silliness and joy and we should actually do it more. We had such a good time. I, it's it was one of my favorite things to do. We were laughing hysterically at the end of it. It, it. Yeah, it was like a perfect story. Like It really turned out well. It's actually one of the like the most common <clears throat> like warm-up improv games that teams do because, yeah, there's such a combination of like you just you need to get out of your own way and like not be hyper attached to like this sentence needs to go in this direction, which is like death to improv scenes. Yeah. It's like you just, yeah. You can't need to like force your thing. You have to just like actually fairly rapid fire create sentences and like just see what emergent entity happens. It is fun. Yeah. What was that? I just, I, while we're on the subject of improv, I just want to share with everybody my favorite thing that I ever heard about improv, but I can't remember. Do you remember what that movie I watched was? What's it called? I don't remember the name of it. Oh, it's like an improv, um, two guys. It's like a mini documentary thing. Oh, it's a, well, it's like the, it's not a doc, it's a recording of their live show is what it is. And it's kind of a mini doc because there's interviews of them talking about their process. Right, they talk about it a a little bit. Just not a bunch, just a little. Yeah. But one of the things that they say, if I, I'll try to remember it later and link it in the show notes because I hate to leave you hanging like this when we talk about it and say how great it was and then can't give you what it's called. But um, they said a quote, like I remember writing it down with the way that these two guys related to improv was like, they were talking about how you just have to get out of the way and like, like there's always something that wants to be created like there's always a story there and you just have to like find what it is and uh i mean i think that's similar with any form of creativity or art but it's just like what is the thing that wants to what's the story that wants to be told here and then you sort of just let it happen and yeah there's such so beautiful um anyway Remember one of your favorite parts of that was when he was like, when I'm up there, like, you know, improving with this guy, my partner's like, I trust that whatever yeah. gets thrown out, he can handle it. Like, the, we'll just, we'll be able to roll with everything. And it's, it's so much. It's exactly that. Yeah. Like a healthy marriage or like, you know, artistic collaboration. Yeah. There's no like, oh, like if this happens, I don't know. It's risky. It's just like, no, I'm sure there's, there's inherent risk in art and Yeah, there is just like that level of, I know that we have each other's backs and this will go well regardless. It's just this deep trust. Like I really trust this person to be with whatever I bring him or, yeah. It's good. Wow. I'm so happy you remember that was one of my favorite parts. It it was was. one of my favorite parts. I remember. (laughs) I watched this thing on my own and then I loved it so much that I watched it with Jordan. Yeah. 
I will find out what it is, I promise, and I will put it in the show notes at the bottom so you also will know what it is. Uh, anyway, we have a topic yes, today. So on my Instagram, which if you somehow don't know my Instagram, it is at Gray with two underscores at the end. I'll also link that in the show notes. But on my Instagram, I asked for, well, we both asked for uh, questions. questions from our audience and we liked some we liked some of them we decided to choose the ones that we felt excited to answer Mm -hmm. and um and felt fun because we're really optimizing most for fun and joy and play in our lives right now and so we got some more questions about sex questions about drugs Drugs. and alcohol Mm -hmm. and we decided that we are going to make a sex drugs and rock and roll episode and we have places to go, even yeah. with rock and roll. So we're excited. Yes, to we do. Sh- we're excited to share some things with you. Uh, so if you missed it, in the last episode, we talked about how one of our intentions for this year is to have more sex. And we've been married two years, about just about together for almost five. And so in that amount of time, our sex life has uh, gone through different phases. And in the last episode, we we touched more on our goals in the future like in the like now and in the future how we are intending to have more sex and how we're going about that and uh the way that we've sort of devised to make that happen and we're a few weeks into that and it's been going great (laughs) i'm happy to report it's going really well we are both thrilled (laughs) it's it's really a a solid solution so if i think that this if you're listening to this one first, that's great because I think this will sort of be a prequel to it anyway. And then uh, if you want to go more, like, I think what we want to talk about now is more of the how sex has been throughout our relationship. And uh, the other episode talks more about, like, what we're doing now. So both of those together should give you a comprehensive uh, look at I think just sex life as a couple, a long-term couple in a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's let's get right in. Or no, you want to start with do you want to start with alcohol? Do you want to go in a different order? Yeah, drugs. Okay, let's start with drugs. Yeah. So the theme is <laughs> sex, drugs, and rock and roll. We're gonna but, do drugs, oh, no, sex, dr- and rock and roll. Yeah, drugs, alcohol, sex, rock and roll. <laughs> All right, let's go. Drugs and alcohol. So, because what was the exact question? Someone was like, how do you Uh, relate to these things? The person just said, like, I've never heard either of you talk Talk about your relationship to alcohol or other substances. Got it. It was the exact exact way that she wrote it. Which I, actually, it's funny. Over the last two calls? No, maybe just yesterday's call. Alcohol did come up. Yeah, drugs and alcohol did come up on yesterday's circle call. So, like, I do talk about that at all. But, yeah, I don't think we've made any content about it very rarely we've like i've ever mentioned it but we we don't really talk about it that much so it's not surprising people wouldn't have seen it totally um so drugs and alcohol exist those are things (laughs) in the world um yeah i am not dissimilar to sex in some ways like i definitely have thoughts on both of them my thoughts and relationship to both those things have shifted over the years Mm -hmm. you know how i related to them between 16 and 24 is very different compared to how I relate to them now. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many ways in to talk about. Well, let's talk about um, how how are we now? 
let's talk about that and then we can kind of right. go back in time a Start bit. There. And, yeah. We both get shit faced every night pretty much. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, uh, do you ever drink? No. I, I think over a lot of the last three years, um, just because I was kind of like anti-rigidity and, you know, not, I, I was like, yeah, quite against a lot of black and white thinking. And so I wasn't saying I don't drink. I would say I'm not a drinker. Um, but yeah, I think I was saying, I wouldn't say I don't drink because like, oh, like what if there's a once a year thing where I do want to taste a special bourbon or whatever? I that even saying that word, I'm like, it probably wouldn't be that. Um, yeah, I think I haven't been like a hard no, I never will. And the last couple of years have more and more, like I kind of do land there anyways, where mm -hmm. I don't drink. And yeah, even in the last five years when I have had, I don't know, a drink or two per year, I never feel glad. Of, yeah, I don't feel like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. It was like, that was a great one or two drinks and whether I felt it or not. Okay, but when we when we did that flight tasting, we, maybe a year ago, was it a year ago? When we went to that cider place on the island. Oh, yeah. We yeah. went to a cider place. Right. And suddenly, out of nowhere, for the first time in three years, we had some alcohol. Because yes. I was like... They have all this homemade cider and they have a big flight where you can taste yeah. like 10 different kinds. And it was a beautiful view and a sunny they day. They all tasted terrible pretty much. Yeah. Remember? We yeah. hated them. It's like, this sucks. <laughs> I feel like that, like, yeah, like, to me, like, that's been our relationship. My we relationship. didn't even finish them all. We, no. we took so, a sip of each one and then we were like, I think we both liked one and then we like drank that one, but we that was kind of it. But then we did, did another equivalent of that like a year and a half prior where we did like a wine tasting at a pumpkin patch. The wine patch. tasting was fun. We had sure. fun at the wine tasting. It was we fun. were tipsy. But I'm saying like that wine tasting and this cider tasting. But that was in 2019, that wine tasting. That was four that's years how, ago? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how the, far apart they Exactly. Were. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like that to me feels like both those things feel indicative of my relationship to alcohol in the last five years is I do it ever and I'm never, yeah, in those very rare times where apparently once every year or two I have any of it, I'm not like, oh, I missed it or I'm so glad I did this. It just, yeah, it doesn't really appeal to me at all. Yeah. Like I don't like the, you know, the the taste, the mouthfeel of it, the effects. I don't like feeling less in reality. I don't like the, you know, dehydration, whatever. Just like all the things I'm like, what is the upside now? Like mm -hmm. There just seems to be nothing in it for me today or in many recent years. I will say that I have a suspicion that while in general I think like just drinking regularly is not uh worthwhile for any reason. Mm -hmm. I also have a suspicion that if my metabolism like if my health was more robust i think the more like the better your health the better you can process the alcohol and i think that like uh ideally i think that you could be in such a state of health that like having a little glass of wine doesn't negatively like you don't feel bad the next day you don't feel like a drop in energy you don't really feel it's kind of like coffee. Like we've talked about that, like how you handle coffee, how your body responds. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that there is <clears throat> what personally for me, I would really like to be in a place where because like right now, 
any amount of alcohol, I know I'm going to feel like shit. Like you said, like, I just like, I won't be happy about it. I won't be happy in the moment because of feeling like a little weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I, maybe I wouldn't be happy about it even if I did feel good the next day because I wouldn't like how I felt in the moment. I don't like not being sober. Yeah. Like I enjoy being sober a lot. So anything that makes me not sober, I don't know. I just imagine sometimes I get into my head like it would just be nice to like go to Italy and have a little glass of wine. Like for me, it's like I I want to be able to have all of the experiences. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to go somewhere and taste something where it's like part of the experience, I think that's why we have tasted it over the past few years, like to go to the cider place and have it or mm-hmm. like – I would like to be able to do that without feeling any negative impact. But I don't, I haven't tested it out in the past five years enough to know if I would even want to have the feeling of being mildly tipsy. Because mm-hmm. I currently, I'm like, <clears throat> the thought of having something that alters my state of being just feels terrible. I mean, you mentioned coffee. And like, you know, they're, uh, coffee is a stimulant, alcohol is a depressant, you know, first and foremost, like they're both state altering things. But for me, there's an added layer of like, oops, no, sorry. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Getting a phone call. Do not disturb. Do you have that button? I don't know. Just go ahead. They won't call back. Okay. Um, yeah, that stimulants and depressants. Like for me, there's, there's a layer of. You know, alcohol is a, a known carcinogen, whereas coffee isn't. So, like, yes, having experiences is one thing. And, yeah, I definitely get that. Like, us sitting on a, you know, cute little patio in Italy. Like, yeah, for me, even that currently feels like it, It you know, kind of peaks at, yeah, I might, like, order a thing and, like, literally put one sip in my mouth just to, like, feel and taste it and have that, you know, that like little micro moment of a thing but i wouldn't like drink even half the thing because yeah i just don't want to feel any effect from it because i don't enjoy that effect yeah it's hard to say i guess i just imagine that perhaps there is an outcome a possible outcome where i could enjoy a tiny bit of that again but maybe never but is that a thing to optimize for like you know, you can, you can apply that to every line of thinking or every experience. Maybe I could enjoy like a sliver well, of I guess group sex I'm, with my spouse, but do I want to? No. I guess what I'm thinking of is like, uh, I just think it's become a very big thing in the more spiritual worlds to be like, oh, I've just like outgrown alcohol entirely. And I just like never, yeah. like my body just can't tolerate it anymore. But people also say that about uh you know dairy and meat they're just like oh i'm just like so evolved that i can't do it which is just spiritualized ego yeah Yeah. and so i just i guess i i we're not saying that no 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 i have a but i what i'm saying is like even though my current reality is that uh i never want alcohol i never want to not be sober i have like no desire to uh engage with any of that it would immediately make me feel terrible i guess there's like a little tiny uh thing that like a window that i hold open in my mind of perhaps there will come a time where i could have some sips of alcohol and not really feel much and like i would feel still really grounded and calm yeah 
and open. Like, uh, I just think that that is a possibility because I've heard people describe that. Like when they're, when they shifted their state of health enough that like, uh, they then have this experience that's different. So I guess I just hold in my mind, like perhaps I could have a different experience, uh-huh. but currently I I don't. Like I know that having a little bit of wine is just going to be blah, terrible. Yeah. And then there's the fact that like you, I just like, I don't know, the cider didn't taste good. You know what I would like to try though is mead. I would, I love mead. Hmm. It, if you don't know, mead is like honey wine. It's like, it's made out of fermented honey. And like, I just, I don't know. I love, I love all of it. I just love the artistic like creation of different types of flavors and things. And you love experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had like a flight of mead one time and it was so much fun. And I just wonder, um, I think that that like could happen. Totally. So uh, like Jordan said, like, I think neither of us are just like, I'm never like, oh, I just don't drink. I'm like a hard no to anything. Mm-hmm. Don't have it around me. Whatever. Yeah. Definitely not. Uh, oh, we've evolved past that. It's like, <laughs> get yeah. out of here. Um, nope. But it's more of just like, I like being sober and I don't desire to do anything that's going to make me like feel any bit worse, be any less productive, be mm-hmm. any less happy the next day. Like, I just don't see a benefit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Drugs. Yeah, current <laughs> current drug outlook, right? Because then we can talk about uh, previous. Yep. A little bit of previous. We sure. don't have to go too deep into it. I mean, I find previous more interesting for me. But yeah, I'd say present day drugs. I mean, again, this is a, a wide thing. So I think we're speaking more about recreational drugs, not like, what are your thoughts on acetaminophen? <laughs> like... No, no. Ibuprofen. Drugs. Like recreational drugs and like, you know, spiritual drugs, hallucinogenics. Um, Yeah. I... Do you want to start today? Yeah. Let's start present moment. So we both (laughs) don't do them. (laughs) Haven't done them in years. Um, Well, I think it's fair to say like, I don't know. We might have slightly different opinions but i think they're pretty close um we both have previous experience with some substances in different ways just Mm -hmm. like we both have more of a past with alcohol which we can touch on a little bit but um currently we don't do them at all i have really just this like i don't know when i think it makes me very wary the way that people use psychedelics and mushrooms it just ayahuasca it just seems so common overuse like not is it the use at all or is it the overuse uh i think it's the overuse but to be honest like i have questions about the use at all i know that it's helpful for some people Mm -hmm. but i also think that like it so quickly becomes a necessary like oh i need this in order to have this experience yeah to access this part of myself yeah and i just that i think that everything that we can i really do believe personally that 
everything we can experience on drugs we have access to if we go within ourselves totally and so when people like don't do that within themselves but they're only sort of like going i just don't i don't know and i think partially i just don't maybe have enough of a uh understanding thoroughly of it i don't know i just feel like um for me whenever i hear about people like taking these different things all together to like have different experiences they want to like go deeper look within or whatever like i just i feel it feels off i don't like it personally Mm-hmm. makes sense yeah i remember a couple years after my turning point of feeling quite done i mean probably completely done with all of it was i had a roommate i remember yeah he still like he, he was doing mushrooms like you know whatever at least every other month um for like a big evening like every two months he'd like blast off just have a big hero dose and like yeah i remember asking i was like how are you relating to this thing? Like, what is it doing for you? He's like, well, I figure he was like, you know, just like a robot guy, all about efficiency. And he was like, well, I feel like, you know, the place that I get to with it, I can either like meditate in an ashram for a week and get to the same place, or I can just like strap myself, strap myself to this rocket ship and like get there in an evening. And I understood what he meant and I believed him. But for me, it's like, there's something that you miss out on Mm -hmm. by like having that hyper shortcut oh just like force yourself into it get the goods and then get out Mm -hmm. versus like well what if you did you know and this person that i'm referencing wasn't above meditations like he did also meditate but yeah there's yeah there's a couple pieces there of just like kind of hot wiring like hijacking ourselves into a certain place and just like sprinting and be like okay you know spiritual God, goddess, just like, give me the fucking, give me the gold. And so I can move on and get back to my life. There's just something like, yeah, impatient. And that I think we miss layers of, you know, what could actually be there by going more gently into it. And yeah, I think like more earning our way into it. Um, and yeah, I think the people that relate to, you know, drugs, hallucinogens in that way, I find tend to do it at a cadence that just is like, have you integrated the thing? Like, like, yeah, every time that I did it, that I did mushrooms, especially between, you know, 18 to 20, I think 27 was my last one. And I hadn't done it in years, but it's like each time I imbibed, I, you know, did the thing, I would get years of stuff to integrate. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, I just got a very, egoless magnifying glass into myself i would get a huge page of notes of like really quality stuff that just like was indisputable was just like yeah these are really big things that i do need to chew on and integrate and like in no world could i have integrated all that stuff in one calendar year like there's they were deep themes of like oh here's my roadmap my roadmap for like the next decade yeah. And so it's like when you get, and you said this, when you get the, when you get the call, hang up the phone. Favorite. It's an Alan Watts quote. Or wow. no, is it Alan Watts or is it, I think it's Alan Watts. It's <laughs> someone, someone, 
And it's like when you get the message, hang up the phone. Yeah. And so to me, that's it. It's like there's no there's no point to like doing it every every month, every couple of months when like you have these big things that will need a lot of time and attention of you like really carrying it and do something with it. So that's what I was going to say is that like I can get behind it as perhaps as like, oh, I do this like once every 20 years of my life or something like once every like I I just think that like when I see it being done, yeah, like my crew saying every month, like, you know, every day or every week or uh, doing these big ceremonies like multiple times a year every year it's just i just don't just like get into your life like do do something with this yeah i uh i've had the thought i will say like for me um it to me reading this quote had a big impact on me i was probably like i don't know 22 or something when i read it Mm -hmm. and because and we I guess we could go back a little bit. I um I took mushrooms one time in high school, but I didn't really I didn't take enough to really have that much of an uh, huh. effect. But I took acid. I took I ate a brownie and I did acid the same night for the first time. Uh actually the night before my brother's accident happened. And so and I had a really bad trip. Like uh I mean, it was it showed me some things like I really felt myself outside of my body and I could like see all these things, but we also like the car almost crashed that we were in and uh, I was really scared. Like there became a point of the trip where I became really afraid and I thought I was going to die for sure. And it was pretty terrifying, Uh, but it really woke me up. Like I was 19 and for me up until that point, there were a lot of things like energy wise that I had felt but I had easily kind of pushed down and been like, well, that's probably not true. Or like, you know, that's just my imagination. And then having that trip and having the experience of my soul connected to my body and like being watching myself walk around and uh, getting to just watch the music, like make pictures. That was probably my favorite part was just the visual music. Um that has had such an impact on me that like I've just I feel like I'm still kind of into like for me the next day I woke up and was just everything had changed and it was just like whoa and what it said to me was anything that I like all this energetic stuff all this stuff I had felt is real and if I had the brain the ability to see it uh then I it, it would be there. And so, like, I really felt like it opened up my mind to a ton. And um, who knows, like, it was a pretty bad trip. And then my brother's accident happened the next day. It was just, like, a massive, uh, awful time of my life. I had flashbacks for years after that. I was worried that I permanently damaged some part of my brain. Mm-hmm. Because I would, like, go into full panic attack, like, being somewhere that reminded me of that trip. And so I think there's dangers associated with it in that way. I also think that um, 
I, when I read that quote, it was just, I was just like, this is how I feel. Like I, ha- I got the message. To me, the message was just like, there's a lot more that you can see than you can see and you can seek it out and like trust it and feel it and learn. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'll do that any other way besides, besides taking something like that again. But you, I mean, you had some pretty profound mushroom experiences. Totally. Yeah. When, it's funny when you said minutes ago, when you were like, yeah, like we, you know, we like tried some stuff and like had some years. I had a moment where my ego was like, I'd say you tried some. I feel like I tried most. Yeah. Because I like, I had a bit more. Um. Yeah. Whatever. Jordan wor- had more wild drug Wild years. years. Yeah. I was going to say, whatever the word is, just past dabbling. Because it was more than dabbling, but it also wasn't like, to me, it wasn't like crazy. Like, you, yeah. know, you can like, you can push pretty hard. Um, yeah, I tried a good variety of stuff. I feel like my overall volume was decently full on for at least, you know, five years, six years. Um, by my standards, you know, maybe not by some. But yeah, I, you know, while... In retrospect, like the years that I did them, um, you know, aren't ideal for brain health. They're also some of the most common years to do it. I remember reading that in like a addiction book. It was like, like many people with like drugs and alcohol, especially or more drugs. It's like a lot of people kick drug addictions because they just like they age out of it. Mm-hmm. It's like most drug use happens in this like, you know, relatively, you know, contextually speaking, younger years where your self-concept is still developing you don't really know who you are as much as you might in your 30s or 40s and onwards and yeah just, i'd never read that concept before i was just like yeah you can like age out of addiction because your friends and peers and whatever are just like we do this less now because we're just starting to be adults and you also kind of follow suit obviously not all addiction can follow that path um but yeah there was by far the most um experimentation between 18 to 24 i had friends that you know a social circle that was also just timing wise were very down for that and a lot of our as i perceive it a lot of our friendship in those years was kind of centered around that and yeah i had some really big experiences and for me the you know when you get the call hang up the phone my yeah my last one um i was in like a really bad spot just like where I was in life and it was kind of like the last just like grasping white knuckling you know force of will trying to do anything I could to like get to a better spot and basically from that place I was like you know what I'm not in a great place and I'm sure there's at least one if not several things that are like just outside of the awareness I'm allowing myself to have about my own life and so I did mushrooms with a friend I believe I was 27 yeah, around 27, 26, 28, probably 27. And yeah, me and one of my closest friends at the time booked off an afternoon to to do this together, to do mushrooms together. And like 30 minutes into the like come up, like usually like 45-ish minutes is when you're like, okay, I'm like for sure feeling things and visuals and whatever. Um, 45 minutes in, my friend just like, you know, like sit, like kind of sits up with a start and is like, I got to go. And I was like, what are you, like, we're just beginning this, you know, six-ish hour journey together. He's like, I think I gotta, yeah, I gotta leave. I'm gonna like, go for a walk. And um, 
as any people who know who've done hallucinogens, like set and setting is a big thing. Like being in a safe, predictable place with safe, predictable people is like a huge factor to it going well. And yeah, he left, you know, just out of nowhere. And I proceeded to have a pretty hellish experience, but all in like hellish because I had a ton of shit that I had to be faced with that I had been running from for years. And yeah, for me, it was really a turning point where I got just so many big, loud messages of things that I knew would take many years to integrate. I wrote it all down. Uh, I couldn't argue with a single thing once I you know, came down, was sober. I was like, yep, this is the next decade of my life and probably the rest of my life. Um, so yeah, I am grateful for it. And I'm grateful for other experiences similar to that that showed me big things about myself. Um, but yeah, at the end of it, I just felt like I was, you know, again, that was my first any drug trip in, a f I think, at least two or three years at that point. But I felt like, okay, I can now cleanly retire because I just got things that I can chew on for decades, really. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was like, okay, I think that was it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm super glad that it happened and it did a lot for me. Yeah. I mean, I think that, like... I think that, I don't know, I guess you could say, like, I think there's a lot of instances where, like, for both of us, I think the initial wake up was maybe tied to drugs in, in some ways. Was it for you? Mm. It, for me, it was a layer. It I don't, was I thought, a combination. Like, mine was I a bit more diversified. Too. I mean, yeah. I feel like yours was more closely tied to like big drug experience, big thing, you know, biggest right. thing for you. Mine, mine was over a right. few more different instances, but yes, it's tied in. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, you know, I had different phases of, I mean, I was crazy in high school. I was, I got all my drinking out in high school. I was just drunk all the time. <laughs> Not like during the day, but like I was, yeah, I drank a lot. Um binge drink I just like party girl um and then college like as I was going into college I was continuing that trend and I was like experimenting more and then that happened quite early on um and then I did experiment a little bit like I did molly a couple a few times and I learned that the come down was not worth it and you know like there were there were things and I smoked a lot of weed in my early 20s but I have no pull now, it's just like I don't want – to be honest, when I see people talking about how much weed they smoke, I just think it's so immature. That's my real feeling. I know that it, like people enjoy it and it brings them relief but in ways, but I just am like there's just nothing lazier to me. Like I just can't imagine spending my time doing that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean personally, I just think – I also think, like, I don't want any more big experiences. I feel like life has just handed me giant experience after experience on a platter. And, like, I just don't need more. I'm like, please, no more. Just calm. I'd like some calm. Like, the last thing that I want is to – it just feels like the last thing my body needs is to take – something that's going to give me this massive thing that I then have to integrate. I'm like, I've that I've been full of that. Thank you. 
And then I also think that I feel like people kind of use it to cheat is how it feels to me a little bit. It's like, let me take this thing so that I can like more easily find out. Like I've had the thought of everything going on with my health. Like I wonder if I took mushrooms, if that would show me Hmm. what's behind all this stuff and give me the answer and Hmm. help me heal. And like, could that be a possibility? Maybe. Uh, But whenever I think about doing it, it just kind of feels like, like, I feel like I'm supposed to live it out. And like, there's something I think, like, I feel like I'd rather just live my life out. I don't, I don't, I think I've spent a lot of years kind of seeking for uh, bigger insights on my life and like the keys to my life. And I feel more just now like, I, let me, I'm just going to live my life. Like, let me just live. There's that beautiful quote. Uh, let me live the live the questions now. For one day you will live into the answer. Monday maybe you will. Yeah, it's a beautiful. I just completely butchered how beautiful it is, but it's a beautiful like little bit of poetry. Hmm. Rainier Maria Rilke or something. Yeah. Uh. But it, yeah, I just I see it that way that so i don't know i don't know what the right or wrong answer is i don't know if there is one but personally that's just how i feel about it for myself like i don't the popularity just it makes me a bit uncertain i I don't like it what yeah a bit of a pivot but just reminded me that yeah whatever, 10-ish, 11 or 12 years ago, I remember a friend was like, or not a friend, like a, a loose acquaintance was like, like, oh, like never have sex on MDMA. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? And they were like, it just, it like, it's just like, it's too, so good. It like ruins sex. I've heard that. Yeah. From me or? From no, some, from people. And to me, it was just, yeah, I remember him saying that. And I was like, it was just, it was such a like stupid, faulty belief. To me, yeah, it felt like the equivalent of like, like, oh, if you're in whatever, if you're in Germany and like this is someone's like, this is the best beer in the world, don't sip it because then you'll never want beer again. It's like, I don't relate to anything like that. Yeah. So I was like, that's, yeah. But he was like, he was serious. He was like, like, don't have sex on MDMA. It'll ruin sex. I'm like, good. Can you ruin sex by having like one peak experience? Yeah. And I was like, anyways, a, a drug related story that. You did do it, didn't you? I did do it. And (laughs) spoiler alert, I still really enjoy sex. So yeah, that was like, yeah. And and again, like immediately when he said it, I was like, I don't subscribe to that line of logic in the slightest. I wouldn't apply that same thinking to anything. So. Look, I also think that it is worth naming that there can be big downsides. That too. to To a trip. Like we know someone who has died. Like, there's just stuff that can go wrong that can't always be predicted. Mm -hmm. And so I also feel a bit hesitant of that, too. Like, you know, it might be more rare, but is it a risk? Like, I also don't want to risk my mind doing something that then I, like, have repercussions from forever. I just, you know, 
It's scary. I think it's not something to take lightly at all. And I just value my life way more now. So it's like, I value my life. I value, not because, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying that to like, oh, there's a high chance of death with all recreational drugs. I don't have that perception. Of course, there's inherent risk in anything, whether it's taking recreational drug that, you know, your friend is tested from that batch or you're walking down the street and whatever. It's just like life is life. Um, but yeah, I value my life more. I value peace more. I value, yeah, like the, the peak experiences that I might, you know, seek out in any way today are just like calmer and more nature oriented and us watching on top of a mountain sitting on top of a mountain that would be one yeah maybe. or us looking at the sunrises and just yeah. being like like this is also that like me yeah. you know wrapping my arms around you in cold weather while we watch a sunrise is also a peak experience yeah it's different than you know macro dosing mdma at a music festival when you're 22 like that's a different kind of peak experience but yeah, I don't like seek those out. But really it feels at all like anymore. exactly that. Isn't that exactly the point of doing it? Like to me, is that is the point is to to end up in this place where these seemingly little things like are it. Yep. Totally. Like life is just now that. And yeah, a quote that I'm sure I quoted you before from Wayne Coyne, the lead singer of The Flaming Lips. He said. Don't take drugs, be a drug. Mm. It's like, can you just embody the fullness of life as you exist? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, to re-bring in the, the other concept. It's like, that is its own spiritual practice. Can you be, you know, a spiritual homeowner? Can you be that present with a sunrise or sunset that you tear up? Or can you, you know, get high off of like holding your partner's cute little hand while you walk through the forest? It's just like, all of this is as alive as those things. I just, you know, needed more cracking open 10 plus years ago mm-hmm. versus where I'm at on a daily basis now. Yeah. And I also think that there comes a time, I just feel so done with seeking, like, for things. Like, I think a lot of drug. like, why are people taking drugs? I mean, it's like they're looking for something. Yeah. It's like you don't think that you giving birth for the first time isn't going to be its own drug and yeah. like a way bigger drug than we've ever experienced. Like it just, it's in life now. Yeah. And it, well, and it always has been to some extent. It's like just how much are you feeling? Yeah. Um, I just feel really done with like spiritual embodiment, spiritual like growth and expansion and like let me seek more spirit. Like I just think that that naturally will happen in life. And I don't need to, like, go looking for all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel just more like I trust life to just hand me what I need to be handed and I'm good. I don't need to go find it out. And sometimes mm-hmm. I think that when we try to, like, go make things occur, it backfires. Totally. It feels like, yeah, a lot of what we're talking about is just, like, being more human and more in the experience of life and... Yeah, the people that, you know, five to seven years ago were wearing like, you know, I'm not a woman, I'm a mermaid, you know, t-shirts. Like there's something in the like, you know, kind of low level sideways resistance to being a person and, you know, just being a person and just having human experience and having a work and a house and, you know, kids and just like 
Okay, yeah. what does the fullness of life actually have that we can actually experience? Like numbed out to the actual magic of life. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the actual magic of life, we can now segue into the sex portion. <laughs> Is that the magic of life? It's one of the magics of life. <laughs> I know we've spent almost a whole hour talking just about drugs. It is a magic of life. We were going to aim for this to be about an hour. And we still are. We're still so, committed to it. Yep. Oh, God, we got to speed through. All right. Well, we've already talked a lot about sex and the other things. Exactly. So let's, let's go through it. So, if, yeah, we were, we mentioned in the, whatever, last episode, our last episode together, mm-hmm. that we're intentionally leaning into a bigger sex season that has happened for a few weeks. It's great. Super happy. Enjoying it. Um, yeah, and now we're going to talk about the seasonality. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the thing to say, yeah, I think the main point that we wanted to make, that we wanted to add in, because we got more questions about sex, and mm-hmm. while an episode, the last episode just came out that happened to be about that, because we got more questions about sex, we just, I think, the missing piece from the other episode that we wanted to touch on was how we have had phases in our relationship. And I think it's natural to have phases in your relationship of more and less sex, and so uh, for us, the beginning of our relationship was, you know, very polarized more, I guess I would say. Like, we had a very dom-sub dynamic happening sometimes, not mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it didn't rule all our sex. We also had, like, loving, tender sex. But uh, big dom-sub. It was dom a big sub, recurring character. Daddy little girl thing for, like, a year. Yeah. And then that sort can, of phased you can, out. You can read a lot of that. Oh, in, in my book. In Dierica's book, I Never Wanted to Write a Breakup Poem. Where, but I'm telling them they shouldn't buy it yet till I re-release it. Oh. Okay. It's okay. That's you fine. can talk I'm about saying, it. In the it's back, quite sexual. In the back half of this book, especially, there's. I was reading a couple of them last <laughs> night, and I was like... Oh, shit. I, I, mean, I read them multiple times when it came out years ago, but I was just like, wow, that's there's really some stuff in here. It's quite explicit. Yeah. I know. Now I'm like, I don't really talk about our sex life anymore in detail. I mean, definitely not like, this detail. No, I just don't. Yeah, it's. I'm, I think I've grown out of it a bit, but... Uh, you know, it, it, we've we've had some parts of our relationship become more private over the years. Yeah, compared to I, mean, I think we've just gotten year. older. Yeah, in ways too, like yeah. you know, is it, it was. You're doing fewer. I'm glad. Well, I'll just say I'm. Gl- yeah, I'm glad that I wrote them when I did. Totally. Um. Same. And they're fun to read and look at. And I'm like, God, I would never tell people that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we had this big phase things being kind of hot and Mm -hmm. and then it was more kind of like home base you know he would always talk about like hot relationship and home base relationship more yeah just like um what loving Loving. connected yeah soft tender like that was energetically to me that was like the bigger character for kind of like the mid middle three years Mm -hmm. um so like first year polarized new hot relationship energy three years more home base connected tender loving which to me was like you know an integrated like integrating growth edge for both of us Mm -hmm. to like have us bring at least my perception is totally have us bring that much of our heart really to the to the table to the bedroom um for the most part we didn't only have sex in, in bed but like yeah to me um and you know speaking of like your judgment of like you know over drug seekers or whatever spiritual seekers via um 
they wouldn't even say drugs via medicines. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, there's like there's the exact same thing in sexual intimacy where you know in my twenties, especially, I had like yeah several really big years of like what's like the peak sensation what's the biggest you know craziest sex party and the most polarized dom sub and all this stuff um that yeah it's like something that i don't know if i would have been able to hear at whatever 24 years old is like hey it's actually like a way you know crazier kink that like is actually just sinking into the nuance of like a deep committed relationship and bringing all of your heart forwards Mm -hmm. because to me you know hero dosing mdma and being in a music festival is the equivalent to like a super intense spanking session at a sex party in front of a hundred strangers wow what a peak experience like how much of yourself are you actually feeling less yeah compared to what's possible when you're like here's us in this like sacred beautiful thing and you know in some ways the older i get the more i'm like you know what conservatives have you know like more traditional values make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. like there is so much depth and nuance that's available in this type of a dynamic that you just can't touch in a lot of what i think you know is you know sexier flashier or maybe even more you know in vogue um on a like you know kind of superficial societal level. Mm -hmm. I had some memories in my phone pop up from like a post I made, I don't know, like five years ago. And it was like something about like want hot sex and like that's how I was marketing something. And I was just like, God, that is like the least appealing to me now. I'm not like, ooh, make my sex hotter. I'm like, how do we, like, I just want to go deeper and experience all that there is to experience with you like all of the range of things yeah that's what is way more intriguing and range mainly being depth not just like yeah, what, yeah. What, what's all like yeah like, no no yeah what, what's the crazy breadth and you know, all the like weird random superficial shit it's just like that's so not it yeah just uh, yeah so i should elaborate maybe on i'm not saying like where is the new next new place we can have sex or something like that? It's more like raunchy. What I mean by experiencing all of it with you is like the most mundane. Uh, just like when we go to have sex today, what is it going to be like? Like what are what are what are each of our emotions going to be? And uh, the most subtle aspects of how do we touch each other today? And what does it look like today? And what do I feel today? And just how much more can I feel today with you? And like, that's much more appealing to me than like, oh, what's the next, you know, it's like eating the next new flavor of chip or something. It's like, ooh, what, let me taste like that. It's like, I just want to have more of this. That's what matters most. It's interesting. I'm, yeah. <clears throat> As you're saying that, I'm like drawing parallels between the type of music that I mainly listen to from 20 to 25 and how, you know, it's like the spanking or MDMA equivalent of like, it was just, you know, unabashedly intense, you know, you know, metal or screamo or just like, you know, really like angry, hardcore dubstep, but just these like peak intensity things. Uh, and now comparatively, like, yeah, the the music or the poetry or the art that I consume 
is more in like that present day direction of like, man, like this line, this word choice, the emotion in this person's voice as they're singing is way more about like, this is just like so fully human Mm. and like simple and beautiful and honest. And like, that's more what I'm optimizing for versus the like, what's the most intense, angry shit I can listen to. Mm. I was even thinking that about us traveling, like how uh, I think it's kind of curious how when I was younger, I wanted to go to like new places I had never been. Whereas now with you, I think what's most interesting is like we both want to go back and spend a lot of time in places we have already been to for the most part, not just not entirely. And with more depth, like with more staying power. Yeah, it's just like I want to spend like more time in this place. Yeah. What's it like if we just rent like, yeah, a normal person's house, like Airbnb for a month and just like, yeah, like just chew on it and are there for a while instead of just like, oh, like how many islands can, you know, how many countries can we go to every other day just to be like we did this we did this we did, and then we're here it's like yeah like you like you sink into it and you let it seep into you in that's how I, I feel very much like i have very little desire to go to like brand new places i feel so much more like okay i've seen already seen like all these different countries let me just go back to them mm-hmm. like i just want to like experience them more more immersion yeah it's like yeah, it's it's interesting, that parallel. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to say before we move into music, because you've transitioned that very nicely, oh. but before we do, I just want to say that we have had phases of more and less sex. I just wanted to like make that point to people that yep. um, I think that's really normal. I think things are going to happen. You know, like I, I have talked about how I bled for a year and a half. That had an impact on our sex life uh, negatively because... Uh, I was bleeding every day and it was awful. Um, And just various things like life stressors. We moved. Moving's a big thing. We were in a house that needed a ton of work and, you know, it wasn't as easy to like shower. I was in a cult that taught me things about my body and the way that I related to my sex. Just, you know, there's a lot of different pieces that go into uh, the way that your sex life will change over time and the way you relate to your body and all of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like knock on wood, like we're going to have multiple kids. We're going to be humans in a multi-decade relationship. And so like there will likely be any health things that bubble up ever. Like there's just, there's yeah. There's just going to be periods of time. There's expectation. There's or not, yeah. There's just like a rightness with life that like there's going to be seasonality. There's going to be ebbs and flows and that's and normal. all that being said, what I will say is that even though the frequency has had seasons and times of shifting... I feel still like each year we go deeper and deeper with each other. Like, uh, I, I think our sex continues to get better and better. Totally. Um, even when the frequency has been less often. Yeah. And I feel like even when the, like, yeah, even a part of when we're saying the frequency is less often, I still feel like there's been a pretty, like, as our sex life got more, like, nuanced and you know again just like depedestalizing just one way of sex there's just one correct form of sex like i don't feel like we've had from my experience like i don't feel like we've had any like actual dry spell where like you know we've never had you know i was gonna say a month but even like a multi-week period where we aren't sexual with each other in some way like that and you know that can't that could again that could change when we have a newborn and okay now are you know we're much more survival mode and our bandwidth for or just our energy levels are not there for that fine again i'm not 
assuming it'll never happen. But yeah, even with the ebbs and flows, like we still remain sexually connected in a variety of ways through all these different types of seasons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that is important to name because we named it in the other episode about how we have like a very gray scale relationship also with sex. It doesn't always have to be penetrative sex. Yeah. Um, but I would say probably the longest period of time we've gone without having penetrative sex would be, I don't know, what do you think, a month and a half, two months? Yeah, yeah, probably about that. Yeah, but during that time, we've still had blowjobs and, you know, other things. Yeah. Like, we've been, we've stayed connected sexually. Yeah. And we cuddle and touch every day. So, like, we do really place a high value on on staying connected physically. Yeah. And I would say that that daily, whatever that like six week stretch was, you know, if we like laid out here were the half a dozen things that were happening during that phase, it's like to me, there's just there's a lot of understandable life stuff. Totally. It's we, just we, like, we don't just fall off for six weeks. It's like, no, this was like, you it know, was a in, major stressful in a, period. In hindsight, it was a horrific season. <laughs> and of course, we weren't being sexual as often. Yeah. And so I think those things are normal. I think, yeah. but I, I think our part of our intention of having sex more often this year ha- started because <clears throat> I think for like the last few months, we haven't really been in as stressful of a place, but because sure. it's just kind of been less of a habit, like we just haven't put as much attention on it. Yeah. We're still having sex and being sexual, but not as often as we would like. It's like we're out of the hard season and it's like, oh, we should like rejig this yeah like, like we need habit. to just prioritize this again and so that was kind of the root of our intention to have more sex this year it yeah. was just like uh we're not in a really stressful time where it makes sense to not be having as much sex so let's lean in and so let's like reprioritize this because we both want it and yeah. we both just like we really need to have that kind of season and mm-hmm. uh i think it can be easy to like i think that's why it's so important to kind of take stock of these different parts of your life and being like, am I still enjoying this? Like, how's this going? Do I need to adjust something? Yep. Um, music. Music. <laughs> Rock, and, Rock roll. and roll. Are you good? Boy, yeah. Jordan is the hour cutoff, but it's... We gotta honor, we, we gotta we honor, honor the theme. Or honor the commitment. Uh, his word for the year. Right? No consistency. consistency. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, one thing that I'll say that you guys probably don't know is that on the rock and roll theme, Jordan and I have something rock and roll in common, which is that when we first started dating, right before we had even met in person, we were having all these synchronicities happening where it just felt like, yeah, it was interesting because I knew you like through the internet, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know the more like rounded out parts of your life. Yep. And it just felt like the more of those things we discovered, the more we were like, whoa, we have so many things in common. Mm-hmm. And anyway, one of them was that my favorite band is Led Zeppelin. And Jordan played in a Led Zeppelin cover band. Was playing. Was playing at like, the time. At the time. But I was, we weren't, we weren't. But doing was like, it just ending? Because I never heard you in it. We weren't doing, yeah, we weren't doing live shows, but like I practiced with a band and we did Zeppelin covers often. And yeah, I think it, I think it actually ended within like four months. Like, yeah, within the six month period for sure um, before we met in person. Yeah. So it had been quite recently live. And yeah, I was the bassist in 
that band and when yeah. you told me that, i thought you were joking yeah, i was no. like no way yep and i was really obsessed with led zeppelin You're like, of course you play in a led zeppelin cover band we didn't only do zeppelin covers we had other songs too but we yeah the, I think the majority of the songs that we would get together and practice were Zeppelin songs. I have a very big love for music of like the 70s, like late 60s, 70s. My dad really instilled that in me. It was a thing we bonded over together. And mm. uh, I have a lot of vinyl records and um, a record player. And I just, yeah, I really love that music. And I feel like there's just something in it that you don't get today i really do think that's true even though i love a lot of today's music it is not the same just like yeah. feeling totally yeah yeah there are bands that can like flirt with aspects of it they're like okay like yeah this like has an echo of it but totally like is the same spirit energy like big usually- soul yeah. yeah, just like, no, this is just, you feel the different time in it, and it's like, this was something. Yeah. And when you remember that their first album came out when they were literally 19 and Crazy. 20 years old, it's like, you were kids. Yeah. Some of you were literal teenagers and playing this well. And, you know, to to be fair, I, don't, I also know of some bands that, like, to me have similar and sometimes um, greater, like, musical talent. Like, yeah, there's a... I think you'd probably call them prog rock. There's a band called Snarky Puppy that I thought about this because their ages are also similar. I think there's like six or seven members in the band, but I think a bunch of them were like 19 to 22, like, you know, went to Berkeley School of Music, were just like young, you know, like genius, like musical phenoms. So I'm not saying that no one's as talented as <clears throat> John Bonham or whatever, Robert, like just, yeah, there's there's also talented people in the world. And yeah, when you listen to those albums, you're just like, like, what touches this? This is just it. I also think that it may be partially, I think there's a lot of different aspects that go into it, but partially, like music was made differently then also. And I think you might have people with incredible voices today, but just the way that music is produced and everything being very digital and like, is not the same. You, You miss this like really this depth of feeling and no matter how passionate the voice of like Adele or Ariana Grande or whoever like it's not the same it 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 does they're not the same thing totally yeah the production value now has a bit of a like it's when you eat like an amazing piece of candy that you're like this was designed yeah. To give me like a peak mouth experience. And this is really something. And yeah, it isn't the same as like, yeah, there's just like They're some different. like, some like, yeah. And I love today's music. I love all kinds of music. And yeah. I really love music. And it's I listen different. to mostly today's music. But it's different. it is different. It is really different. Neil Young is convinced that it's like, altering all of our brains or something he won't listen to any new music because of it i actually don't even think his music is on spotify now because he's so correct against everything <laughs> yeah. uh which is sad because i really like some of even his newer stuff and his older stuff but i can't mm-hmm. i'll have to find a new platform so i played in a zeppelin cover <sighs> band <laughs> it is a pity i feel like we could talk about music for a long time but 
we can wrap up. <laughs> we can say more about music. <laughs> um. Well, I had just, like our difference in our music tastes, which is significant. <laughs> I yeah, I, yeah. It's funny. Also, on yesterday's circle call that came up, someone was like talking about because because the email that I sent out, and they were like, "Can you say more about like you know values and having like a shared like shared mission for your lives and like what you want and it's like how do you know like which things matter the most and which of those things need to be like identical or super aligned with your partner?" And yeah, I gave the example of like. So yeah, like some things do matter more than others and your top values, one, two, and three, don't have to be the exact same order as your partner, but there should be like healthy respect mm. and overlap. And I gave the example, I was like, yeah, there are some things just, that just don't matter as much. I was like, if, you know, if me and Demetra's um, marriage, like if the if the top value had to be that we like the same music, then we would not have a good relationship because we both like very different music. Correct. But do you know what the shared value is actually? there is that because i can live without you liking the same music that doesn't matter to me but what matters is that you that we both you have a a deep appreciation for art yep for beauty and if you didn't have that that would be much harder for me totally if i was just like and it's wild to me that this exists but it does exist if i was just a person that's oh i don't i'm not really a music person there are so many people that are like that they say that it's like what do you mean yeah, I'm just like, oh, I just, I, I know, I'm not a sunset person. I'm not a walking person. I'm not a, like, eat, I'm not a dinner person. It's like, no, you're a human. You, you know, you should have some humanness to you. Yeah. So, yes, to, to us, maybe not to everyone. I know, I doubt with the people that are listening to this that there would be that sentiment out of most people. Um, okay, but go ahead. I'll leave. No. Yeah, it just, it's, that's wild. Well, I just think I'm going to say a controversial statement, dun, dun, dun. which is just that I also judge people who I judge people as not liking music that like they only really mostly like one type of music. I also do not think that those people are really music people because so there's like kind of three different types. Oh. There's like the people who say, oh, I'm just not a music person. And those people are weird. They just like don't really care about music at all. And they don't really even like I like thought, it I thought you were going to go with the direction of, I think I judge that these people are just emotionally repressed and they're wrong. <laughs> like that they're not correct. They no. just think that they are. No, I think that those people are, they, they probably really do feel that way. I don't know. But do you think it's true if they did like... The repressed, the most repressed? Because I was about to give three categories of music. Go for it. Okay, so there's like the most repressed people who are just like, I just don't, I'm not a music person. I don't really enjoy music, which is weird. Then there's the middle ground, which I would say where most people are, where they say that they really like music, but they don't like music as a whole thing. They like their type of music they only like pop country so and they, nothing they else. don't like like the art of music as a whole mm-hmm. that's not what they care about they just like their things they like you know their country or their like few artists that they really enjoy and they go back to again and again or they like like taylor swift and that's who they listen to pretty much all the time or like they you know they just there's people this is most people I think that they, you know, they really like folk and they just like listen to only different folk artists. This is very different to me than what I think is more rare, the people who just love music. Yeah. 
And the reason I make this distinction is because I am one of them. And I am always kind of seeking out, like on the search for people who feel the same way as me. Because people who really love music are not tied to genres. They might have ones, like I have ones that I listen to more often or prefer, but... And ones that you prefer not to listen to. Uh, yeah. Within reason. Yes, within reason. But even in those, I can find some songs that I appreciate yep. what they've done. And I think it's cool. Yeah. And um, there are, like, I just like big range of, like, all the different kinds of ways that you can make music and things you can do with music. And I like to have a big variety. And I could listen to a band play of any type because I just love it. I love the art and the creation of it. Uh, my dad is that way. Mm-hmm. You are that way. I think. Do you, Would you say? Maybe not as extreme as me. Yeah. I'd say if you're if you're in a hundred, I'm probably like an eighty-five. Like yeah, I'm. I'm mainly you're closer in that to that. Yes. Yeah, it's probably all big spectrum. We could say. Yeah. Um. Because occasionally I'll meet someone who like really likes music, but they they don't really like music because we cannot share like cool different songs of different things because they don't appreciate music. They appreciate their kind of music, which has its own gifts and it's nice to, but. But it's not the same thing. And some people take it to an extreme where they're like, oh, yeah, it's like the equivalent of being like, I love nature. I love trees. But they just like their one little bonsai tree that they tend to in their living room. It's like, that feels generous to say that you love trees. If like you're just like, yeah, but only really this one. Like some people are that tight with their music where like they literally have like, I have five albums they're that I listen like to. They're more like a 30 on the spectrum. <laughs> if that. To me, that's like a. Five. Well, what I'm saying is they're cl- – no, because the the zero would be they don't like music at all. Oh. Right? So I'm putting them more – Yeah. Twi- 50% yeah. is like I like music but just my kind. Right. So I'd put them more. They're going closer to the zero. Deal. I see the, yeah, yeah. the graph. Yeah. 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 And there, there's totally those people there. It's like, yeah, I have my five to ten albums that I listen to when I'm listening – when it's time for some music and I go to only these and that's it. Yeah. Because I often – find that when I am looking for in a song when I discover new songs is like I don't I just like to have the experience of the song and be like this is a cool thing that they did even if it's not my favorite thing I want to listen to all the time it's just I just enjoy it and I like that I can like send some things like I know I can send some things to my dad and just be like I know even if it's not his new thing to listen to he'll just be like oh that's cool like that's just a cool thing that it exists um, but those people, I have not found that many of them, which is why I'm getting so passionate about it because, because I often meet people and they're like, yeah, I really love music and they love music, but they like their genre of music. They don't love, I is not the same thing. It's funny because close to all of my best friends in high school were like very music people and then all became professional musicians like in adulthood. And so... I was, you know, I was like a theater kid and just all about, you know, all art, photography, videography, music, acting, filmmaking. I was just like in all those things. And yeah, like for me, they, that was so the default, at least in like my high school and university bubble, like all of my peers were exactly that. They were all just- Loved all music. Yes. Oh. Like they were- Well, I would imagine that most uh, 
artists, people who make music are more like that. Totally. It's kind of like if you're a writer, you read a huge range typically of things. Yeah. Yeah. Not just your hyper-defined one thing. Yeah. Like if I'm a poetry writer, I don't only write poetry. I actually barely read poetry. It's like you don't like Stephen King doesn't only read Murder horror mystery. thing. Yeah. Like, you know, you yeah. just you you love the craft. Yep. Totally. Yeah, it's very a thing. That's interesting you have that experience that most of your friends were. Yeah. That way. C- close to all. And even with me being in that bubble, I still had that same awareness that most people are not like this. Like yeah. I knew that I was a more artistically inclined person and that all my friends were very that as well. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like, oh, the world is like us. I was like, no, I, even at whatever, 15 years old, 16 years old, I was like, no, we're, we're the anomaly, you know, in our 300 and something person grade, not, you know, it wasn't like a, an arts and performing school. It was a normal high school. Um, yeah, I could tell that like, you know, fewer than 10% of this class is like us. We're the weird ones. And we loved it. And yeah, I did always appreciate that about them. They're just like, yeah, down for like, yeah. It feels like, you know, a, an artist in like the most traditional sense. Um, yeah, most people that like make art with their hands don't just go, I'll only look at watercolor paintings. It's like, I don't care what the medium is. It doesn't make me feel something. Mm-hmm. And whatever, you know, whatever the like the medium is, the, the format that you're putting on a canvas or not on a canvas, yeah, it's just like, it's art. Mm-hmm. Does it touch anything in me? Then okay, that's the point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you could also like a thing I look for too is like, do people like covers of things? Because... Some people have I have met have been very judgmental of covers. They're like, I just don't want to listen to covers. Why would you blah? Yeah. And it's just like to me, like that's just so an appreciation of the art form is just like if you can listen to a cover of something and be like, Whoa, look at what this person did with this, that's cool. And like yeah. it doesn't have to be my like a song that I'm gonna listen to all the time or something I really like. It's just like cool. Yeah. Yeah. On the cover story, just reminded me that, yeah, there's a Canadian band. That, I think there's still a band and still tour, but I know that they broke through into the States, so people might have heard of them. They're called Tokyo Police Club. They're a Canadian band. Yeah, had international appeal, toured a bunch, have been a band for over a decade. And, yeah, I remember that they did, I think it was like maybe they're, yeah, this was a bunch of years ago now. But like at their 10-year anniversary of being a band, they made a song they made an album that was like 10 covers of songs that i don't know if they chose them or if their audience like voted on them whatever they put out covers and one of the songs that they did a cover of was party in the usa by miley cyrus and they did it and they're like you know they're four dudes um indie indie rock indie folk i don't know how they would label themselves like pop indie folk rock ish band and yeah i remember this always stood out to me. I really respected it. That like they made this album. That was one of the songs. It was a great cover. Uh, the lead singer, just his voice is, has like a uniqueness to it. And you'd never expect them to do, you know, such a like raging pop song at the time that was like big of its own accord. And yeah, they did it. They put it on the album. And I remember someone in the band wrote a blog post about how when they put out this album, they got a bunch of people, a bunch of their fans who were like, 
oh, like I can finally, like I'm finally allowed to like this song because you guys did a cover of it. And he wrote a blog post that was kind of like a pushback to, to that response. And he was like, listen, this was a fucking banging song. Like it's an, it's an awesome song. It's not, oh, now that this band that I like, you know, has like covered it. I'm now allowed to like it. It's like, no, it was already a great song. We did a cover of it, but like the song itself is awesome. Yeah. And like, don't be this like, you know, it, 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 this has the old like hipster thing of like, um, you know, if someone, if too many people have heard of it, then it's like not cool and you can't like it. It's like, no, mm-hmm. like you're allowed to like this, like, you know, cotton candy, sugar sweet pop song because it's just a dope song mm-hmm. and it was already good before you did a cover of it. Mm-hmm. And like, don't be such a, yeah, like music supremacist that like, oh, like, like this is below me and I'm just not allowed to like it because it was on the charts. It's like, yeah. get over yourself. It's music. It's a great, it's a great song. Yeah. It's still great. Yeah. Agreed. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> we did it. In the order of drugs, <laughs> I sex, know, at and the beginning, Jordan was like, I don't know all that much what we'll have to say about rock and roll. And I was like, oh, we have lots of things. I feel like we talk about music for so long because we both love it. Mm-hmm. We both really, although we have a hard time finding a shared, we have some bands we can share, but we really do have very different tastes yeah. in what we prefer. To listen. Jordan we- thinks I listen to repetitive female vocals. Yeah, but like like spiritual female, like just like, you know, chanting and hymns and just, what, I don't know. Not but that's really not at all what I listen to. Eh. It's like a 5%. But what you what you call repetitive female vocals is not the more like, like people are going to hear spiritual chanty stuff and think it's like Sanskrit, like, you know, yoga music. See, you oh, think, but it's... A lot of your music registers to me as highly overlapping with what you just said. Some of it... I know it's not the same. Like, Ilanario or whatever her name is. That is, like, that is what you hear and think of that. But that's a minor percentage. I would say the more percentage that you call repetitive female vocals is, like, uh, it's more, like, poppy and, like, uh, f- I don't know, folk ethereal but it's like uh it's not really spiritual it's just uh you just don't like repetitive um stuff that i don't like (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's not that's not really the classification for it we like different music (laughs) for the most part yeah i feel like i feel like we yeah there's almost like a reverse 80 20 rule where i feel like you know 20 ish percent of each of our music we both totally like and how I perceive it, it usually does harken back to that era of like, um, you know, like Black Keys or modern-ish echo of something Zeppelin-ish. Mm. They're very different, but like just, yeah, like classic rock sounding, you know, when we look when at our- is what we agree on. Yes. Our Kings Jose. of Leon. Yeah. Jose, Kings Jose. of Leon. You said Jose, you're right. Jose, Kings of Leon, Black Keys- um zeppelin yeah to me like the zeppelin energy is the kind of thing that filters down through those in different ways obviously kings of leon and led zeppelin are very different bands but there's some yeah there's some feeling of classic rock energy in we can agree on the more rocky feeling kinds of things totally agreed um and yeah we have a playlist for that that we we haven't added to in a while but like if we're road tripping somewhere you know traveling they're like okay we both want music 
here's the safest thing we can both listen to that we know has both of us in it. Um, yeah. And I have a short story that I can tie. Uh, okay. Wait, let me just, yeah. before you tell the story, let me just, cause I think what you're, what you don't like more is like, like banks, that kind of, do you know, banks. No. Like that kind of, it's not really, it's not spiritual. Do you like Lord? Um, I can. Yep. Sometimes Some that's a songs. bit more rocky because it's getting a bit more toward the middle. But like banks and like that kind of like, uh, you like glass animals sometimes, yeah, but not. Totally. Okay. But see, there's just, I my top artists were probably like, I don't even know. But they're not all. F- the The things that you put on repeat that I have the most exposure to tend to be the things of your like music Like that case. Planets and Stars song? Yes. But that's not spiritual. But she's li- she's singing about planets and stars and the moon and just like. But it's the lyrics aren't are not spiritual. It's about like a girl who she loves or something. Okay. Well, the melody. So this is with a distinction because I just want to be clear for people that my main you, I yeah they're, they're not church hymns. I'm not saying they're like hyper spiritual. But they're not. They're not. My a large percentage of what I listen to is not like spiritual. You just okay. You just when they repeat things, then you classify it as more spiritual. Yes, well, not just repeating, but often the the verbal, the lyrical themes like that. If she's singing about plants and stars, I just I just picture like an unwashed dreadlock girl like skipping through the forest, like or what singing about the, this the, repeti- into the kitchen song. That was the one that was on repeat for a while. It's like in. Favorite recipe. Oh, um, that one I liked a bit more. That one was more tolerable. So I don't know. They're just anyway. Okay, it doesn't matter that much. <clears throat> so <laughs> tell your story. A thing well, that wait, wait, you didn't say what you liked. That I don't like. Yeah, yeah. What are your your? Because the things that you like that I don't like. Mainly electronic music. Are you like music. high school? Uh, yeah, I was say electronic music and like high school, more like punk, pop punk, like just like young, young rock. Emo, I don't listen as much of, of that, but yeah. Yeah, like. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. Yeah, just like. Angry, like. Ah. That kind of music. But even that I don't listen to as much of anymore. But yeah, there's uh, things in that... That realm? Loose realm of, yeah, like punk, punk rock, pop punk, emo, screamo, um, dubstep, harder electronic for the most part. Again, you, you've liked songs in some of those things that we've listened to on, you know, while driving. Um, but yeah, we just are... Our Venn diagram overlap does overlap, and I feel like the majority of each of our stuff I tends to be more separate. Folk is another thing I play a lot of that you don't enjoy as much of. When it's like women, when it's like uh, like a lot of the songs that Low sends me that I play on mm-hmm. repeat, they're more like they have like a gentle folky vibe. You don't enjoy that for the most part. I believe it. I'm not sure which songs those would be, but yes. Things that you and Lo would send each other, probably, for the most part, not my yeah. vibe. Yeah. So, 
tying in music and drugs, one of my, I've mentioned this to you recently, one of my lifetime peak favorite experiences was I was at the house of, yeah, those like high school music friends, like my best friends back then. Um, we were hanging out one night. Uh, I don't, I was going to say we were on mushrooms. I'm not sure if we were, I think we were, I definitely was. I believe a couple of them were too. And yeah, this was like the most musical of my friends. And he had like a full size piano in his living room and just, you know, an amazing like sound system, speakers, subwoofers, whatever, just like they're very audiophiles. Like they were music people above anything else. Um, my friend and his sibling for the most part. And yeah, we were quite high on mushrooms, you know, very great set and setting, calm place. And I was like, oh, and like iPods were new. So to show you how old I am, you know, iPod was like maybe first generation, like a brand new thing. And I was like, oh, oh, like this song, it's like a beautiful song. Like, do you mind if I play this? He's like, yeah, go for it. He's music people. So he didn't give a shit. He's like, yeah, play whatever. And he played the song called What Sarah Said by Death Cab for Cutie, mm-hmm. which is just actually a beautiful song in its own right. I've listened to it absolutely hundreds of times, if not a thousand times while sober. And I was on Mushrooms, and this was the time that I realized that, that we were playing the song at pretty good volume. And I was like leaning my head against the piano, and I could like feel the reverberations of it, of the song coming through it somewhat. I thought, oh, can I get an even more direct hit of that? And so I put my teeth on the piano. I like, like statically bit the piano. So both sets of my, you know, upper and lower teeth were on the piano. And like just the reverberations were like being sent into my skull in a way that I couldn't possibly do justice with words. And it just made the song even more like a part of my bones. Did it not hurt? It didn't hurt at all. It was just like, yeah, like subwoofer going gently through my teeth, into my skull, into my bones, into my body. And so I could like feel the song. Like you feel music even more being on mushrooms, but to like knowingly feel the reverb going through you. It was just like one of the most beautiful moments of my life to that point. I was probably, I don't know, 21, maybe Mm -hmm. 20, 21. And it is still a beautiful song. And even with that peak experience, I don't miss drugs at all. And I'm grateful for the experiences that I did have that showed me different corners of my psyche and have brought me to who I am today. And another thing about music, just one more thing, is that Jordan and I have also played some music together. This is true. And we do, I actually think we must agree, I think we agree on the songs that we play together. Yep. Do you not like some of them? Yeah. That we played together. Oh, really? What do you not like that we've played? Um, the drinking song. No, you like. I like that one. What? What are? It's a great song. Drinking song by Haley Hendrix. Internet. Haley Hendrix. Right. Um, do we, I feel like we have like three main ones. Chain song. And what's what? What's the other one? That's more folky. Oh, you didn't like, well, that was that one I played on the piano that you played the guitar for it that we did for my dad. That oh, was my dad's song that he that. liked. Uh, was there one we were like in the process of starting to learn or like you're like, oh, it let's... was 
I think it was that one that I can't remember Not what that. it's called. I feel like there was a more recent one. There, there was one that... I started to learn what Sarah said. Not that. Maybe... Was there a country? No. I feel like there was some song that you liked. Look and... up. That song? No, that's a you song. Yeah. We, we haven't played we that We didn't one. really play it that much. I don't know why. I feel like there was one song that, like, you liked a lot, you wanted us to play, and, like, in my repeat exposure to it, I started to dislike it. But I don't know if we, like, we didn't, mm. like, perform that one for anyone, so it definitely wasn't our, like, main, main song. I can't really remember. But um, I can play the piano, and Jordan can very play the well. guitar. Well, I can play it very well, but I have to practice. I don't have anything memorized anymore. That's, that's like, any music. No. When you're really good at an instrument, you can just sit down and play it. Sure. But now I haven't played piano in such a long time, really. By normal people's standards. Like, the fact that you learned the solo off the top of that song, like... Right, it was a hard solo, and I yes. learned it in a, in a week or so two. So you were definitely talented, even if it's a learned skill, which I think music always is, to a large degree. Anyways, yes. I play guitar. She plays piano on her... What do you call that? Electric... Keyboard. Yeah. I wish I had a real piano, but we don't have anywhere to put it. We we, we did. We had one. No. We had one that was extremely falling apart. When we bought our house, I had a stipulation that we must get a piano, and I needed it in order and to survive. And I went and I bought all this sheet music that I still have. And, and bought a piano. And we bought a piano that was like a used piano, and we bought it without ever looking at it. It was just like on the, the website for the island, and... Used uh, is an understatement. <laughs> it was falling apart. It was really old. And we paid for the movers to go pick it up and move it to our house. And the guy was like, I've taken better pianos than these to the dump. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I believe that. It made total sense why he said that. It was falling apart. It didn't really sound good. And then I never played it because it was really terrible. And then a year or so later, we paid the same mover to take, take it, it to, to the, the dump. dump. And he was like, yeah, this makes sense. And then I really wanted to get another piano, and then I thought better of it. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll start with just a keyboard. And then it was a much more reasonable decision. And perhaps a different day we'll – I don't know where we'd put a piano, but we would would maybe do it seriously at another point in time. But, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so the keyboard, which is not as great, but it is doable. And – we we don't really neither of us like seriously sing but we you, i think jordan sings really well thanks <laughs> i'm shy about my voice but i'm uh, also shy about my voice but yes we played a bunch of songs together especially yeah i feel like it's more of a winter thing when it's just like us at home usually in the colder months you know in the summer we're a bit more social and out in the world more but yeah, last winter we played a bunch over several months. And we, we had a one song that was a duet. Yeah, and we played that song for two people, a couple and people. We played it for my dad, and we played it for Sean? your parents. We might have played it for Sean. I think we played it for like a couple different friends. Yeah. Perhaps. And they were all impressed and liked it. Yeah, it was nice. Because we nice... both get to sing in that one, and we both play. The piano doesn't really uh, have much of a role, but it has a little bit of a role and so we played together and we sing together so we do we do have overlap in these ways can i just say looking at my top songs list since it is up they are not spiritual songs 
Can you just... <laughs> I don't want people to leave and they think that I've just talked about how much I love music and then they're going to be like, oh, Demetrius listens to like new age spiritual no. music. Yeah. There's, Not the case. There's a discrepancy of definition of terms where what I am very broadly lumping in as spiritual is not accurately spiritual. Like, yes, these songs are not, you know, whatever. The like, same way that I think that, like, what all of your song I just label as, like, emo, screamo. Correct. But that's not really. When they're very rarely anywhere near that. Yeah, this, I can see how none of these would classically qualify as spiritual songs. They're just more, yeah, like, dirty hippie songs singing about nature in, yeah. in like, repetitive uh, anno- annoying <laughs> melody ways. Yeah, they're not... Annoying to you. Yes, exactly. All this is through my yes. filter. But yes, I also see your top songs and they're all songs that give me nightmares and they're not spiritual songs. So I'll give you that. Except for that one that we sing together. Yes. Correct. Okay. The end. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. We did it. Hey, thanks, Jordan, for coming on again. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) That's all for now, and I'll talk to you soon.